Tech Radio, presented by David Gardner Jewelers. We're in the Rollo Insurance Studio, and uh, we're about to go out to the hotline, talk to Mr. Brandon Leone, former A&M football player. Mr. Leone, good morning. How are you? Good morning. How are you, sir? I'm, I'm liking the uh, the fresh fade. Got the are got the like golf shirt. Looks like you're about to go play uh, 36 holes at Augusta or something. I wish, man. This is my Save by the Bell polo rowback. Um, I did get a fresh fade. But no, I'm I'm about to go look at uh, three parking lots today. So I oh, think no I think B's banned from the golf course for a while. Dude, I'm gonna <laughs> send you a vi- I'm gonna send y'all both a video that I just watched this morning that re- regarding my golf game, which is non-existent, and I have massive TBIs every time I play now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just got done playing uh, two rounds of golf in Arizona, and two two courses too nice to see me out there, but it was a lot of fun. Uh, but hey, let's go ahead and jump into it. So I don't think we've gotten to, t- last time we talked to you was just after the spring game, but um, you know, we, we had a lot of talk about um, scheduling and all that good stuff though. So do you prefer the eight game conference schedule in the SEC or, or you lean more towards the nine game conference schedule? Man, I mean, honestly, it really doesn't matter as from a player's perspective, I think uh, on the body, I feel like eight games would be easier because as we know, each week in the SEC is tougher than out of the non-conference. I mean, you know, you're going to have some games like we had with Clemson and uh, you know, we'll have one with Miami this year with some tougher power five opponents, but to play nine games in the SEC would be a toll physically, but from a fan standpoint, uh, like, which is what we are now. Yep. Uh, I like the nine game. I personally think it's cool because you have the three permanent rivals, then you have six. The the thing that I've not really liked about our time in the SEC is not being able to see as many teams, play as many teams. Yeah. So I'm about whatever it takes uh, to get us to play Tennessee more often, you know, to go yeah. back to Georgia and see Georgia come to the field. That, so I kind of like the nine aspect of it. But ultimately, man, it's all – it doesn't matter. Just get out there and play football. I just want to see us win a championship. I don't care if it's eight, <laughs> nine, ten conference games. Yeah, That's exactly. So you kind of mentioned those three permanent opponents. Uh, from a fan's perspective, is there, I guess, the the three that have been floated out there for AM are going to be Texas, LSU, and Mississippi State. Is that, you know, all right with you? Or how, if you could mix and match that, what, what would you do there? Um, I don't like that. Um, I don't like Mississippi State. I don't really have any thing that I necessarily enjoy about playing them. Um, so I would I would switch Mississippi State. I for sure look the whole deal with Texas. Once we left the SEC, if they were going to stay in the Big Twelve, I was of the opinion I don't care if we ever played them again. Um, but now that they are in the SEC, I want to play them every single year. Yep. So I, I feel like it's got to be Texas. Uh, I would love for us to keep LSU. Just because I like the games that really get you pissed off, the ones that really get you fired up, like where the passion's there. So for me, I would like to see Texas, uh, LSU, and really, you know, I feel like you. Part of me feels like you should put one from the East in there. I don't know. No one thinks about that, but I would say Texas, LSU, and Auburn, probably because I enjoyed going to Auburn so much. The 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 campus experience at Auburn was awesome. Uh, I feel like we're very similar to them. And um, I hated the game that year, but I love the experience. So if we could do Texas, LSU, and Auburn, that'd be great. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. If I could mix and match, I would probably I would keep LSU, Texas, like you just said, and, and flip 
out Mississippi State. I don't know exactly who. Auburn would be a great substitute, I think. Um, it seems like Jimbo and Lane Kiffin kind of have a rivalry now, so maybe Ole Miss mixed in there. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I'm with you there. So let's go ahead and kind of flip <clears throat> into what we're looking at for Aggie football in 2023. Uh, what position groups do you think uh, will be most improved this next season? Hmm. I think offensive line is is going to be the most improved, and and realistically, I think the um, outcome of the season depends on their performance. And so, you know, we got to stay healthy there. It seems like it was an encouraging spring. I mean, Jimbo's been positive about it. Everybody that's been talking about it's been positive about it. Doesn't mean anything until we start playing. But I think offensive line will be one. I think quarterback will honestly be more of a strength. Uh, I do believe Connor will ha- having that extra year of experience, actual in-game experience this year, having a veteran like Max there, you know, and so I think either way, the you know, he's got another year in the system. Connor has another year in the system and another year at the collegiate level. So quarterback's going to be good. Um, <clears throat> it seems to me like receiver is going to actually be a really talented unit. So, which is encouraging because what this team needs to do more than anything is score points and stop the run. And so I'm hoping to see the O-line play, the quarterback play, and the receiver play be better. And those are the three that I expect to be the most improved. So how comfortable are you with the running back room going into 23? So you got Mari Daniels, Le'Veon Moss. If you see me messing with my earpiece, this thing won't stay in my ear. So forgive me. <laughs> Mari Daniels, Le'Veon Moss, Ruben Owens. Uh, how do those three, and uh, you know, I, I know we picked up a couple out of the transfer portal as well. So how comfortable are you with that room going into next season? I'm very comfortable with it. I think Le'Veon Moss should have had more touches last year, but, you know, at the same time, you had Devon A-Chain, you know, a veteran, one of the best, to me, I think was the top two running backs in the SEC, uh, one of the best in the country. But now he's, again, he was a true freshman. I think people are going to start to realize that the more and more freshmen that we're playing uh, as they become veterans, how impressive it is for those guys to really be on the field and contributing as 18-year-olds, especially in what was a very complicated offense. But, Le'Veon Moss is extremely talented. I think he's an NFL guy. Uh, Amari Daniels has shown flashes. And then Ruben Owens is the best running back in the state of Texas. And so between those three, I think they all bring different aspects uh, to the field that that they can all contribute. It's catching the ball out of the backfield. You know, I think you got some stronger running in Le'Veon Moss. And I'm really, honestly, Ruben is one of the guys I'm most excited to see. I think he's going to surprise a lot of people. Um, It's not often you get a five-star guy to come in do well in spring and roll early and be as committed as he seems as a young guy. And he's got the talent, obviously. So I feel good about it. And then those other guys we added in the portal should just provide some quality depth too. So offense should be good to go, man. I know it's a first year system. And obviously the big question is, you know, how much runway is Petrino really going to have and and can him and Jimbo figure it out? I think between the two minds, both of them are very talented offensively. We have the dudes to get it done. There's, there's just no excuse. So, uh, hopefully they can produce some points this year. Talking to Brandon Leone here on Texags Radio, presented by David Gardner's Jeweler. So you kind of <clears throat> answered this next question, but it's kind of a two-parter. So what's the biggest reason for optimism going into next season for you? I think because um, the returning experience that we have, right, um, from a starter standpoint, a production standpoint, I believe someone was putting it out the other day, and, and man, I'm I'm way behind just because I've been so busy with work. But I did see something where on three or one of these services, 
put out that we have one of the top four rosters from a blue chip percentage standpoint, whatever that means. Uh, essentially, all that's confirming is that we have the ability to get it done. And so last year we had a lot of talent, but we were really, really young. I don't think that's an excuse this year because a lot of that young talent and our core too deep stayed. Um, so it seems like we have a really strong core of leadership amongst that really young and talented class. And so I think that provides a lot of optimism. They have made some really good moves in the portal, in my opinion. I really do think they have. Um, and so bringing in the new talent combined with the returning starting experience that we have and the production that we have uh, should, you know, should cause a lot of reason for optimism. You know, you do have uh, a couple tough road games at Ole Miss, at Tennessee, at LSU, and at Miami. But I really feel like the schedule sets itself up favorably in the first five games with New Mexico, Miami, ULM, Auburn, Arkansas, before you have Alabama. So I think if we can come out hot, start fast, execute against the teams that we need to beat, like App State, right? That should have never happened. So against ULM, against New Mexico, like really get out there and, and put your foot down and make a statement um, and then just get prepared as, as SEC play starts September 23rd against Auburn. Biggest reason for concern going into next season? Uh, that we were five and seven in year five. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and so it's like, I, I felt like we had a really good team last year and I did not expect that. So that that was the most concerned I've been in a, in a while as a as an Aggie fan, as I imagine a lot of people are. But but ultimately, I think the the I think the road games are tough. I, I think at Tennessee, at Ole Miss, at LSU, those three teams are. You know, Miami was not great last year, but they're going to be improved too. They're young, and um, but but Tennessee, Ole Miss, LSU on the road that's tough. And so I think we have to take care of Kyle Field. We have to win every game at Kyle Field. I think that should be the expectation. And then just, man, execute on the road. But uh, I think, yeah, I don't know. It's a little bit concerning to, to, to see that many tough, tough games on the road, but they're spread out. I mean, you got Miami September 9th. Um, there's no stretch where you have to go, yeah, what, it was like no a month and a half stretch. on the road like this past year? Stretch, after Alabama, like, let's just say Alabama beats us, right? Let's assume, you know, the crazy assumption that Alabama beats us. You got you got to go to the road at Tennessee. Then you get your bye week. Come back against South Carolina. I cannot wait for that game. Then you got at Ole Miss. Then you got two home games that are, you know, shouldn't be tough. Then you go to the road. at it, So it sets up favorably as far as the road games go. But we'll see. One game at a time. Yeah, a couple more for you. So, as a player, former player, what do the offs or what did the off season look like for you right now? Because you you were we're past the spring game. You know, it's middle of summer break. So, what exactly would would y'all be doing at this time? So, for scholarship guys, we didn't really have much of a summer break like most students. So, you know, you had a couple like a week or so, ten days, but we would be in summer session one and summer session two, and so really summertime was a real. The fun thing about summer as a student athlete was you actually did have the ability to to enjoy life as a student a little bit more. But I mean, we were required to take 12 hours every summer. And oh, wow. you know, you that, that includes study hall. So you got six hours summer session one, six hours summer session two. So the, the good thing about summer for a student athlete is you really get the opportunity to focus on the other side of the holistic side of the being a student athlete, your education, you know, working out, <clears throat> and then your relationships, your life. You know, you you pretty much lose uh, a lot of the social aspect of it, except for, 
if you're an idiot like me that used to go out five nights a week, you know, during the season, but, but summertime is good. You're working out hard. You're doing seven on seven. Now I think they have the opportunity to spend some time with coaches and watch film. We, we used to not have that ability. So summertime was always fun to me because, you know, you're, you're going to class in the mornings, you're working out in the afternoon or flip flop. And then you have, you have the evenings, you know, you can get involved in organizations. You can go do all kinds of different things, but you don't really have that opportunity uh, during school. So summer, summer was always fun for me as a student athlete. Last question for you here, Brandon, do you have a single game performance from a teammate at A&M that you remember? Cause that's where we're kind of having that as our show topic today, just dominant individual performances at A&M. Is there one that you witness yourself that stands out to you? Gosh. Yeah. I mean, my, my true freshman year when I, when I redshirted, um, you know, Terrence Murphy had a really good game against Oklahoma. Him and Reggie McNeil uh, had a great game that day. We ended up beating them. They were number one. That was one I remember. Um, goodness gracious. Let me think. Courtney Lewis had a really good game against Texas Tech in 04. Uh, it was cold. We beat them in overtime. C. Lou, that was when I was still playing defensive back. C. Lou had a phenomenal game. Um, you know, golly, there's so many. Who was it? Was it uh, Dustin Long against Texas Tech? You know, we lost that game, but he came in and started uh, in 02. And, you know, they had Wes Wilker, Cliff Kingsbury. I think it was like seven touchdowns. You know, we we had Dino Babers was our offensive coordinator. Halfway through the season, RC made the switch to Summy, and Summy came in. And we, were like, became this, you know, spread team pretty quick. And we just had T-Murph. We had Bethel Johnson. We had Jamar Taylor. We had Greg Porter. Uh, but yeah, Dustin Long threw for like six or seven touchdowns against Tech. Uh, there's a lot, man. There was there was a lot of good ones. Mike Goodson had a good game against. Um, shoot, my first start was against Oklahoma State as a running back, mm-hmm. and that day, Javorski Lane just went to town on those dudes. <laughs> like, I mean, he crushed them. Like, I think he had two touchdowns, like 130 yards. Um, that was a really impressive performance to me as a true freshman. So there's just a lot, man. There's a lot of. There was a lot of talented dudes that were there when I played that, that made a lot of had a lot of big days. Right on. Well, hey Brandon, thank you so much for taking time to talk to me and and uh, yeah, really appreciate it. And uh, you Absolutely. go enjoy the rest of your weekend. All right, bro, keep crushing it, man. Yes, sir. Appreciate it, Doing Brandon. Great Le- job. Thank you, Brandon Leone. There on the hotline. We'll go ahead and take a break. On the other side, we will bank on it. You're listening to Tech Sags Radio, presented by David Gardner's Jewelers.